Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative and curious. I'm your host, Ricardo. I am very pleased to have my associates, Hannah and Gabriela, with me here today. Welcome once again to the Exploring Art Podcast. Today, we're going to be breaking down a case study that might be of particular interest to all of my CAD persons out there. The case study originates from, the, uh, from Columbia University and revolves around the statue of a cat. This bronze statue stands at the floor at the head of the staircase at the university. Presumably, it's of some value for university officials have fixed a chain, have fixed a chain around its neck and fastened the chain to the stair railing. Should the artwork be appreciated as a statue of a chained cat, or is it simply a chained statue of a cat? Because the chain is visible, is it possible to exclude it from one's aesthetic appreciation of the work? Now, as with many other controversial pieces, this chain statue raises more questions than the ones asked in the case study. And I think that in order to fully understand it, as well as decide how to properly appreciate it, these questions have to be answered. First and foremost, what is aesthetics and how does it relate to this case? Is the chain significant because it was placed around the cat's neck and not another part of its body? Do other anti-theft countermeasures like bulletproof glass or security cameras have the same effect as the chain? Gabriela, what do you think? Well, thank you so much for that, Ricardo. Aesthetics, by definition, is a philosophical study of taste and beauty and is related to the appreciation of art. When talking about the cat statue, it's important to get a feel for the aesthetic that the artist intended, and that includes every single detail that can be seen or felt on the artwork. Leo Tolstoy, a Russian writer who lived in the 19th century, believed that art is only what the, what the artist intended it to be. Therefore, it is important to understand the artist's purpose for creating some masterpiece, the cat statue, and understanding if the chain goes hand in hand with the meaning of the statue. Adding objects and such that were not intended to be part of the piece of art can lead to depreciation of the piece and the artist's work. For example, Pablo Picasso created a mural called Guernica as a sign of protest against the Nazi planes that bombed the city of Guernica in Spain during the Spanish Civil War. If anyone was to add anything to it, it would depreciate the piece and change what the mural transmits and also possibly lead to depreciation of the piece. In my opinion, it's hard to ignore the chain since it slightly changes the feelings and aesthetic receives, received while viewing the statue. I completely agree with you, Gabriela. Like, I don't think that adding the chain depreciates it, but it does change the meaning or intention slightly. As a viewer, we can't just ignore the chain or pretend it isn't there, like we see it. Therefore, it has to be included in the piece's overall meaning or interpretation. I think if we consider its context, its location, that it's part of the cat's story. It's located on a college campus, so it is susceptible to theft. And the chain tells that story. Having the chain around the cat's neck could tell another story, perhaps of ownership or abuse, definitely something more dark since chains have that ne negative implication. I do believe that the campus could have explored other methods of anti-theft that may not skew the interpretation of the art. However, any addition would alter its interpretation. For example, some kind of plexiglass barrier or like a bulletproof barrier cameras or anything that kind of leads us to think like, is this cat scared of COVID now? 
is it too precious <laughs> to be touched by human hands? Mm -hmm. Like by putting a barrier around it, we're disconnecting it from a public space. We're removing its purpose as a public sculpture and now glorifying it as this fine piece of art that's intended for a gallery and, you know, hush, hush, don't touch it, you know? But this is a staircase. Like it's not an art gallery. There are numerous bronze sculptures all across the world that boast these vivid gold spots polished by human hands because we just can't stop touching them. Mm -hmm. Like there's Buddha sculptures where people rub the belly for good luck. And I know there's one in Illinois of Abraham Lincoln where people touch his nose for good luck. So <laughs> we just can't stop touching statues. So especially ones of domesticated animals like cats and dogs, I guess humans are simple in that aspect. You know, we see a cat or a dog and we pet it. So I believe that by putting this sculpture in a high traffic area, such as a staircase, the artist intends for it to be interacted with, to be pet. Like maybe it's there to kind of help soothe some of the students who are rushing to class. They wanted to stop and pet a cat for a second. I know I would. So <laughs> I would too. Right? So I feel if we put up these barriers, like what options do we have? You know, if we're not putting it up, what do we do? I think that bolting the sculpture to the ground is a good way to allow the piece to be viewed and as the artist created it and to be pet and touched and as a public work typically is to be interacted with without being stolen and without taking away from it. I think that's very true. And personally, I think that bolting it to the ground might have been the best way to uh, secure it without intervening with what the artist intended it to be. Um, you know. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Gabriela. It's fine. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I completely agree because that's a perfect way to allow the statue to stay in its place and not have anything happen to it. And we, as viewers, as, I don't know, students of Columbia University passing by the staircase, we can't see that it's bolted to the ground, but the chain is visible. Anyone could see it. Mm -hmm. We know it's there, but and if it were bolted to the ground, we might not even know that it's bolted to the ground. Right, exactly. It doesn't interfere, you know, aesthetically with the piece. Exactly. Um, you know, and and I like what Hannah said about how a piece or how this spe uh, piece specifically interacts with with the students around the campus, you know, and around the staircase. Um, you know, as everyone is well aware, uh, philosophers throughout history have been trying to understand what art is and what counts as something being art. You know, and these are questions that, you know, hundreds of brilliant minds have tackled over hundreds of years. Um, you know, and one of these uh, brilliant minds belonged to George Dickey. Um, he was a philosopher. And uh, in the face of a lack of a term or verbal formula that could definitely describe or categorize art, Dickey insisted that art um, and what made things uh, works of art depended on the ever-changing context of the social institution that the piece found itself in. So in other words, Dickey believed that if a piece found itself amidst a group of people that believed it to be art, then that the piece would in fact be art. And, um, you know, his, his uh, way of thinking also worked the other way around. If there was a piece that found itself, you know, amidst a group of people that did not deem it as a piece of art, then the piece would in fact not be a piece, you know, would, it wouldn't be considered art. So and I what I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to make a comment. So I guess we could say that, as I mentioned before, Leo Tolstoy believed that the art is only what the artist intended it to be. So he's kind of like a, the opposing side of what you just exactly. mentioned. Exactly. 
he because mm-hmm. Dickie talks about how it depends on the social context and Tolstoy talks about how it's only based on what the artist wants to wants it to be exactly yes we have clashing we have conflicting uh theories here and i can tell you one thing Tolstoy would be very mad that the <laughs> campus staff put a chain around the cat's neck <laughs> he definitely he 100 percent would that's why i wanted i thought it was important to, to mention him mm-hmm. it's very true yes it is um and so uh what i what i find uh wonderful about dickie's uh theory is that he didn't just um his theory doesn't just apply to where the sculpture is, you know, geographically, like in what specific location. Um, it, like his theory is also very dependent on, on, on the, I would say the time period that the piece finds itself in, meaning that a piece, a piece right now uh, might not be considered art, but it could be 20 years from now, which is, you know, my wonderful little segue into, into thinking that, you know, as, more students come along throughout the years, you know, as different generations come and interact with the piece, they might uh, think that the chain is is an original part of the artwork, you know, and and in such in in such case, then you know this a conversation like this one wouldn't even be taking place among the students. They would just consider it, you know, as a statue of a chained cat, exactly. which I, I find very interesting. It is. It is very interesting because we're right here analyzing what this chain means, what it does, how it interferes with aesthetic. But who knows in a couple decades, centuries, or however long that statue will remain there, the students may just pass it by and not even give it a second thought. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then I think that in, in that case, like if this was to be the case, I think that then you aren't, dealing as much with, you know, how it should be appreciated, but, or like, you know, if we should appreciate it as a statue of a chained cat or just, a, a, you know, just a cat that was, that happened to be chained. I think now we're dealing more with, with how it will ultimately be appreciated, you know, like it's final exactly. uh, sort of presentation and, and definition to the people that, that surround it. Um, but yeah, personally, like I said, I, <laughs> I feel like the staff should not have place to chain around its neck because you know I agree with with something that um, Aristotle another famous philosopher said that the aim of art is to represent the outward appearance of uh, not to represent the outward outward appearance of things but the significance and you know just if the if the artist intended the cat just to be you know the the not well like sort of like the campus pet you know, sort of like a figure that you could look at and feel comfortable with. I feel like chaining it sort of interferes. It, it like Hannah said, it skews that inward significance. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of degrades it. You know, depending on how you look at it. But at, at least that's how I. Yeah. If I was a student on campus there and I saw a, a chained cat, I would almost feel sad for it. I'd feel sorry for it. <laughs> I'd be rushing to my class, thinking like, oh, I have all these assignments to do, and I would see this cat, and I'd be like, wow, that poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. it would almost make me want to free it more, you know? But you know right. what? This is kind of like, I guess, random. I don't know. But maybe some students might feel, how, what's the word? Like, they can relate maybe to the cat because they feel like chained. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? You know what I mean? Like, they feel chained. Yeah. Like, they have no escape, no way out. They feel overwhelmed with their with their classes, with their homework, with their jobs, et cetera. They feel yeah, they can sympathize in, with it. 
yeah, maybe even like lost in life. And so they, yeah, exactly. They sympathize with the cat, with the statue. Well, the statue being, the cat being chained. Mm -hmm. Right, I, I can I can see that, you know, you know, especially being a college student with all these, you know, new responsibilities and things mm -hmm. like I could, I could see how I, I would identify, you know, with the cat. I don't know about, well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a freshman, so I'm just starting now. Oh, I'm sorry. I do know about you guys. What do I mean? Uh, but I know Hannah, Hannah isn't a freshman, but I know Ricardo is. So we can feel like, like we're outsiders here. I don't know. So maybe we can like sympathize more. Yeah. Right. I, I completely agree with you. Another interesting thing that I find is how, um, you know, uh, continuing to talk about Aristotle, um, you know, he believed that the work of art, like a work of art should be considered as as a whole, you know, it, everything yeah. from where it's at to to the things that surround it, um, you know, it should be considered a, a structured whole and it should be appreciated as such. So I, regardless of the fact that I'm against the chain being in place, I feel like you you can't escape it. You you have to consider the, the chain exactly. as part of the art, regardless of whether or not it was original. Exactly, regardless of whether it was intentional, originally intended for it to be there or not, it has to be, we have to consider it as part, or at least when we're analyzing it, seeing what it means, how we feel about it, we have to take into consideration that the chain is there. We can't mm -hmm. ignore it. Yeah, but exactly. if some people may want it to be there or not, it has to be considered for analyzing and interpreting. The the only problem that I that I see with our way of thinking and the conclusion that we're drawing up right now is is that you can uh, then go ahead and, and ask yourself, well, you know, how does how does uh, the bulletproof glass that you know guards other paintings across you know galleries around the world, how does that come into play with aesthetics. Um, it's obviously the glass is clear so you can see the painting, but does that have somewhat of a similar effect to what the to what the chain is doing to the cat? Um, you know, and because well art is obviously an abstract subject subject. Um, you know, you can draw up hundreds of questions, um, each <laughs> infinitely more important than the next. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is uh, this is something that that you can't just because it's glass, right? You can't. Exactly. It's, it's not really adding anything. It's just guarding it. But how is that any different than the than the chain that restrains this cat? I feel like I, it really separates you. Like as a viewer, if you're viewing something that's behind glass, it really separates you. Like going back to what I said earlier about with COVID. Um, you see all the time people have these plexiglass things and you still see people kind of leaning around it to talk to a cashier or something because we want to connect. And I feel like putting that glass there while we can see through it and it is there to protect the peace, we're really kind of making a barrier there. And we know the barrier is there. We can't just look through it and appreciate the art. Like we feel a disconnect. Yeah, I 100% I agree with you. I Before um analyzing what the chain meant for the cat for the cat statue never had stopped to think about what a glass a barrier around an, another piece of art in a museum or anywhere means and yes i 100 percent agree with that it whether we may feel it or not there is a barrier there there's a barrier that interferes 
with the way that we interpret the piece of art. We may not notice that inter that it interferes with the way that we view it, but it does because mm -hmm. it's there. It's there. We can see it. We can feel it. Mm -hmm. I 100% I agree with you guys. Uh, that's it's incredible how much how much uh, conversation can be made about the the things that guard pieces of art. You know, instead exactly. of, <laughs> instead of actually talking about the who would have thought? Itself, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's all a part of aesthetics. It's all it's all a part of, of how we perceive the world. Um, you know, so it's it's unavoidable. It's yeah. So, we 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 don't even know that we're doing it. We just interpret different things, art or anything, basically in the world. We interpret we interpret them based on the social context. The I mean, anything. The way we the colors it has, the shape, the yeah. texture, anything. And we don't even we may not notice this. Yeah, I think that goes back to what I said earlier about its context, like knowing that it's in a public space on a campus and it's on like a staircase. It's not in some main hall or in a dining hall or somewhere that's very open. It's kind of a small, enclosed, intimate area. Mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Yeah. So that right. also affects the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Everything. Right, okay. Basically, I, so in my opinion, everything affects the aesthetic and the way that the, the the way that the art is transmitted to the viewers. Mm -hmm. So Hannah, let me ask you, um, so how do you think this should be appreciated? Like if there was, if you had to make a decision and you had to, and, and you had to decide, you know, how this cat or how this sculpture was to be appreciated, what would you say? I would say the best way of installing it, um, I'm assuming that the staircase is probably concrete or something. If they could just dig a little hole in the concrete and then they could put in like bolts and then put more like cement over it until it hardens. And then they can basically just screw the cat sculpture down onto it. So it's bolted in place at its feet rather than having like a little piece of bronze that comes off of the foot and then that is bolted down because then that would start a whole nother debate of we can see the cat's feet are bolted to the ground and then it kind of makes the cat feel like it's trapped in one place and it kind of returns to the same argument as the chain so i think something where it's screwed down but it's not visible would be absolutely best i 100 all right with you hannah what about you and would you Hannah, just before I let you go, would you consider this, would you consider the, 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 would you consider the sculpture a statue of a chained cat or just a statue that was chained? Like, would you, like, like if you had to, like, if it was like final and somebody asked you like, well, yeah. how would you appreciate this? How would you consider this? Would it be a chained yeah. statue or well, a statue yeah. of something that's chained? Yeah, given its current state being chained and not like, for example, if they had some kind of opening of it and I got to see it without the chain first and then they installed the chain, I would know that the chain wasn't like meant to be there. But if I was to see it, I would think it's a statue of a chained cat. And I would think like, why would they put this here? That's kind of depressing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I definitely feel like it's, it skews the meaning to have the chain there. And I would see it solely as a statue of a chained cat. Okay, and Gabby, same question for you. Would you consider this a statue of a chained cat or simply a chained statue of a cat? I think it would be considered a statue that's chained. That's chained for okay. the reasons that Hannah mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode for theft reasons, security reasons, but that's just my personal opinion. Uh, but everything else, I agree with what Hannah said. 
just that's where I differ. What about you, Rick? I'm curious. I actually, I would actually consider the chain as a part of the artwork. So I, I'm, I alone the I'm alone here. I'm alone. I, you know, and I even kind of view it as sort of like a, sort of like a statement even. Mm-hmm. You know, especially considering what Hannah said earlier, how the cat might have related to the students that were walking by, you know, in the sense that the students might have seen it as sort of like a pet, you know, and then all of a sudden seeing that pet change, I feel like it's, yeah. it could, you know, even serve as, as a statement, you know. So I think that in this instance, um, because of where the chain is located and what the sculpture is, you know, a cat, I feel like the chain has to be considered a part of the a part mm-hmm. of the sculpture and and even you know for people that you know for for incoming freshmen that are just on tour that are walking around campus i'm sure that one if they take a quick glimpse at the sculpture you know they're going to consider the genus part of the artwork so i feel like that's i feel like if there was a definitive way to describe it or, or to appreciate it it, it it maybe it doesn't have to be that way but i feel like that's the best way to appreciate it. you know what i think you guys changed my mind <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> Like now I'm, now I'm having my doubts. I mean, I completely agree. Like, okay, so what I said was my defi- my conclusion is what I thought at the beginning. Now, after all of our conversation, after this episode, I think you guys changed my mind. I think I agree with you guys. Yeah. Also have to, I'll <laughs> also have to think about it more, but yeah. <laughs> all right, that's great. All righty. So that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. Hannah and Gabriela, appreciate it as well. Uh, this concludes the Exploring Art podcast. Um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you again for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.